Rav Tavori. We have been discussing the definition of the mitzvah of Kibbut Av. We learned that according to the Gemara, the definition of Mechavdo is physical service that one should do for his parents. The Gemara says, Machileyu, Mashkeyu, Machnisa, Motsuyo. You give him to eat, you give him to drink, you also help him get dressed, you help him walk, go in, go out, things that have to be done. But are there other extensions besides this concept of physical service? So we quoted last week the Chazonish that said that even though the mitzvah of Kibbutz Harim is halachically defined by physical service, nevertheless, there is a concept of Ritzona Torah. The Torah wanted parents to be respected and listened to, and therefore other things would also be included in the Kavod, and it is not specifically only limited to personal service. The Gemara in Kedushan on the same page, where it discusses the idea of Machileu Mashkeu says there's a concept called Mechabdo Bemoso. There is also Kavod after death. Now, Kavod after death certainly would not be able to be understood to mean a physical service. Once someone has died, there's no concept, of course, of physical service of Machileu Mashkeu. If you're talking about the Chiyuf Kavura, that's a different halacha completely. The halacha of burying people and your responsibility toward other people. The Gemara says, what does it mean, Mechabdo Bemoso? What does that mean exactly? So the Gemara says that when you quote your father, a person for the first 12 months after the father's patira, you should say, Hareini Kaparas Mishkava. We are familiar with this. People write it very often in Rashi Tevos, Hey Kaf Mem, Hareini Kaparas Mishkava, which means... I would like, I hope, to be mechaper for my father. And of course, saying Kaddish is a type of kapara for the parents. The whole issue of saying Kaddish will not be dealt with today. But basically, it seems to be a type of kapara for the person for whom you're saying Kaddish. Now, if this would be true, so it shows that the concept of kavod is not limited to physical service. It's spiritual ideas as well, as well, or ideal, ideas, and ideals would also be included in Kavo. The Gemara says the first 12 months is supposed to have any Karas Mishkavo. After that, you say something like, um, Zichon Levracha. The phrase of the Gemara is a little different, actually, but the concept of Zichon Levracha, to mention his name in a proper way. And the Gemara gives other examples of Kibbut Avaim that are not necessarily relegated to physical service. So one could suggest that perhaps all these dinim are only the Rabbanan. The, the, the real da'raisa, the real biblical requirement of kavod is machileu mashkeu, is to do personal service. On the other hand, one could say, as we said before, the basic halacha is machileu mashkeu, but there is da'raisa also of doing things beyond physical service, and that the definition would not be as clear, but nevertheless it would be included in the general concept of kavod. Uh, whether kavod uh, is really applicable, la chamisa, 
is a question discussed by Rishonim, but the Gemara says clearly that there is a, a type of Mechab Dovimoso, but I said that might be the Rabbana. The obligation of Kavod is literally to respect. The word Kavod from the Shorish of, of Chav Ben Dalit could actually mean to give somebody personal service. When we talk about a person, you come into my house, you give him keyboard. So in one respect, you could say give him kibbutz means to give him uh, food, which is a type of being of honor. The way we use the word kibbutz, it seems to be that kibbutz is referring to some sort of personal service and not just the, a, a concept of respect. Would there be a, an idea beyond kavod, mainly of love? Would there be any obligation for parents for children to love their parents. Now, the opposite was not raised. When we learned the halachas that parents, what parents have to do for their children, I never raised the issue, is there a concept called love? In general, in Torah, there's a mitzvah to love everyone. So, is there a halacha to love your children more than anyone else? And what is the definition of love in the first place? What does it mean to love someone? I personally have a lot of problems with this concept because it's very hard for me to understand how the Torah can require a person to do something which is basically an emotional position. When the Torah told me, uh, whatever, uh, to give tzedakah, so there were people in history, and some of them actually are famous that they wrote it, that by nature they don't like, like to give tzedakah. They work hard for their money, and they're rather uh, parsimonious in their attitudes towards giving money away. But nevertheless, they give staka because it's a mitzvah of the Torah. And they work on their Yetzirah, and they really do give staka. Do they fulfill the mitzvah of staka? The poor person who receives the staka did not get it and feel that the, the person was begrudging. The person gave it to him with a smile, said words, gave him a bracha, but deep down inside him where nobody else could reach, only the person himself knows he really, really is upset by this. Did he fulfill the mitzvah of tzedakah? Is there really a, a concept of giving a mitzvah, of, of giving tzedakah, and you have to love it? In general, when the Torah told me any mitzvah that seems to imply a state of mind, does it really mean that you must enter that state of mind in order to fulfill the mitzvah? Or does the Torah mean a state of mind not being the state of mind, but to do actions which reflect that state of mind? For example, there's a mitzvah of Simchas Yantif. So we know that Simchas Yantif literally means to be happy in Yom Tov, but we know that the Gemara determines that Simcha for man is Basavayayin to eat meat and to drink wine. A person by nature is not a happy person. There is a type of person who's not happy. But nevertheless, comes the Yandiv, and he'll do everything that's required by the letter of the law. He'll eat the meat and drink the wine and everything else. Is it possible to say that he, he did not fulfill the mitzvah because he must build himself to an emotional state where he reaches the level of simcha? The people that are familiar with Rabbi Salavechik's dichotomy between Masa HaMitzvah and Kiyom HaMitzvah might very well argue, yes, the Masa HaMitzvah is to do the Basar but the Kiyom HaMitzvah 
the, what you're supposed to feel is really an earthly part of the mitzvah. I said, personally, I find it difficult to say the Torah commands me about emotion. When the Torah told me to love my brother or my friend, so it was translated into the Gemara into terms of action. If something is not pleasant, you don't want it to happen to you, don't do it to him. Treat others as you would like yourself to be treated. All those concepts of, of are, are translated to action. And a person just doesn't like someone, but the person will never, never know it. He always does things, seems outwardly friendly. In fact, he seems more friendly to somebody he doesn't like than somebody he does like, because he realizes that in inwardly he's unhappy and doesn't like this person. Therefore, in order to overcome the Yisara, and in order to make sure that that person does not feel in any way slighted by him, he goes out of his way, he goes overboard in his actions and his respect and the outer manifestations of Abbas Yisrael to, towards that person. Is it really possible he did not fulfill a mitzvah? Because he did not really, really love the person? One could argue both ways. In respect to parents loving their children, it's almost innate that parents love their children. And I have not found right now any specific sources that parents have to love children. As far as children who are mechuyev in kibbutz avayim, does that include a concept of ava? Rabbi Vadi Yosef has a, actually, to be more precise, his son wrote a sefer, a long series of svarim called Yalkut Yosef. In the Yalkut Yosef, Rabbi Yitzchak Yosef wrote a major compendium of halacha, and of course, it's based a lot on what his father said, on Torah of Rabbi Vad Yosef, and he wrote two volumes on the mitzvah Kibbut Avayim. Many of the sources that we'll use if, uh, today and other shiurim can come from this sefer, which has a, is a complete encyclopedic work of almost anything to do with Kibbut Avayim. He quotes the Zohar in Devarim that says, yes, there's a mitzvah of loving your parents, the same way there's a mitzvah of loving a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Of course, remember last week we talked about the Ramban, that Kabeda Savicha Vasimecha Kasher Tzivcha Hashem means similar concepts that were used for God when we talked about Kavod should be used for parents as well. If we would take that simile a little further, the same way there's a mitzvah to love HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's a mitzvah to love the partners with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your parents. And the words of the Zohar, A person who is involved with his parents, and mother and father, he loves them more than himself, more than his own spirit, more than his own soul. Everything he owns, whatever he has, he does not consider important. All he wants to do is serve his parents. And the Sefer Charedim also says that 
kavod implies love as well. And he argues from the fact that Yerushalmi that we mentioned last week compares Kibbut Av to Priyas Chov. The mitzvah of honoring your father, I keep saying Kibbut Av, but remember we said in the very beginning, Kibbut Av and Kibbut Av are identical. Whatever I have to do for my father, I have to do for my mother, and vice versa. Kibbut Av and Kibbut Av are the same. The love of parents, or better, the kavod of parents, the Yushalmi said, is based on, on Piron Chov. I owe them a debt. As it were, when I was young, when I was a little boy, they treated me and took care of me and everything else. So therefore, I should pay back this debt somewhat by fulfilling the mitzvah of Kibbutz So, the Sefer Chavetim extended that more. The parents also loved their child. Isn't that almost, as I said before, an innate feeling? Parents love children. So part of the Piron Chav would not just be to do what they did for you, but to treat them the same way they treated you. So he said, because it's Piron Chav. The Chayyadam is quoted there by Rav Yosef to say, oh, it's obvious that you have to love them because they're included in it, so we have to But, in a sense, it's even more so. Because comparison of parents to Kodesh Baruch as we said before, means that they're somehow above the level of normal, regular human beings. As far as you go, they're the Ava should be greater than just Vata but it should be as Vata Hashem The only exception that I feel more comfortable with when I said I have trouble understanding the concept of Ava is in terms of Ava Sakadish Baruch. The way the Rambam determines and explains the mitzvah of Ava Sakadish Baruch, it means to be, to learn Torah, to understand the world. To, in order to reach the level of Avas Hashem. And that level of Avas Hashem seems to me to be much more understandable than the mitzvah of Avas Habriyos. And if you'll notice in Chumash, the case in grammar, the difference between V'yohavta le Re'yacha Kamacha, V'yohavta Es Hashem Lokecha, the difference between the S and the La might imply two different types of Ava. The after as Hashem might imply this greater type of Ava that I said I have less trouble understanding. If that would be true, then I would say the mitzvah that the after applying to, to, to you, to your parents would be a combination of both. And that's what these, the, the, the Chachmas Adam and the Sefer Charedim said. It's not just the Yes, it is the but it's more than that. It almost reaches the level of the after S, Abba Ve'ima, because Hukash Kvodim Lechonamakam. The idea of this bracha, as be as this mitzvah as being such a, a severe mitzvah, a very difficult mitzvah, is is implied at in the in the in the gemara a few times. 
But people talk about how difficult it is to fulfill the mitzvah. And in one tragic instance, a person really said, uh, you know, in a way I'm lucky that I have no parents because this mitzvah is so difficult to do and I really uh, was exempt from the mitzvah. But since it's a mitzvah, like any other mitzvah, the question would obviously be asked, why don't you make a bracha when you fulfill the mitzvah of Kippur Avayim? If your father, let's say, asks you for a, a glass of water, why shouldn't you have to make a, a bracha before you do this mitzvah? Again, this is a topic that's well discussed in many svarim. One of the answers would be that you cannot make a bracha on a mitzvah which is dependent upon someone else. In this particular case, I, my father asked me for a glass of water. I go and bring in the glass of water. But when I bring in the glass of water, I should, before I, before I give him the water, I should make a bracha, and then what would happen if my father would say, no, change my mind, I don't want the water. So some people say that it becomes a bracha lebatala. Since you do not fulfill the mitzvah because he did not get the water, so therefore you can't make a bracha. And in general, that many we showed him explained this is the reason why we do not make a bracha on a mitzvah because you never know if the bracha will be will come true. This issue in general by mitzvahs raises a a serious question. Very often when you do this action and at the end the completion of the task is not done. Have you fulfilled the mitzvah? By certain mitzvahs, I might very well argue that you fulfill the mitzvah before the act is completed. And I'll give you uh, one simple example. A person was standing and they tell it, they tell it as a joke. But I think, as is very common in the world of jokes in the, in the Yeshiva Torah world, there's a, a tremendous lesson behind the joke. They tell a story about somebody, whoever you feel like you can tell the story about him, uh, whatever particular group of people you want to make fun of a little bit, you can say that there was a person who was attacked by non-Jews, by people who wanted to force this person to, let's say, bow down to Avodah Zarah. And now the Jew says, I refuse. He refuses to bow down. So the guy says, he pulls out a gun and says, I'll kill you. So he says, I know. And I'm willing to die rather than rather than uh, bow down to Avodah Zarah. At which point the guy takes out the gun, aims it, is ready to pull the trigger, and the person in total equanimity, with tremendous calmness, gets up and says, Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kedishonu Mitzvah Savitzivanu LeKadish Mabarabim. Or whatever the correct text of the bracha may be, there's an actual discussion in the modern uh, Svarim exactly what the bracha in Kedish Hashem would be if there is a bracha. 
The person made the bracha. And then the story continues that the non-Jew, uh, looking at him, says, I am so impressed by your attitude that I've changed my mind. I'm not going to kill you. And the person goes, mm-hmm, And the joke, of course, is that, uh, so it's a bracha batala, so what? You save your life. The guy didn't kill you. Fine. It just shows a simple, uh, silly understanding of the person who thought, that, well, uh, I made a bracha batala, so kill me instead. But deeper, isn't it true that the person who made the bracha fulfilled the mitzvah? Is the mitzvah to die? Or is the mitzvah to show that I'm willing to die al Kiddush Hashem? Now, normally, a person can get up and say, I'm willing to die al Kiddush Hashem. But until you've come to the test, you never know if you're willing. As Rabbi Akiva said, How will I ever know? When am I ever going to fulfill the mitzvah of How do you know? You only know if, unfortunately, in a way, that this opportunity arises. Rahman al-Islam, somebody's threatening to kill you. But, let's say it did happen, and you, you really, really took him seriously, and you thought he would really kill you. And then you got up and said, I'm willing to die, and not be Mechal Hashem Shemaim, or not to do Avodah whatever the case may be. Isn't that a kiyum of kibbut of, of, of Kiddush Hashem? Does Kiddush Hashem mean you have to die? In, in, in Shema, in, in, in Shabbos and Davening, we say the words, We're Mekadish Hashem with Menuchas HaShabbos. Now, Menuchas HaShabbos is not Yehari Dvayavra. You don't say you have to give up your life to keep Shabbos. But so Yekadish Eshmecha means Kiddush Hashem is done by living. A person who lives a total Torah existence is Mekadish Shemayim. The extreme example of Kiddush Shemayim is a person shows he's willing to die, but you don't have to die. If my father asks me for something, and I go and bring him that thing, I go to serve my father. I only fulfill the mitzvah if he really drinks the water? If he doesn't drink the water, but I showed how how important it is for me to serve my father and I did it properly, I do not fulfill the mitzvah? Because of the date, we're almost uh, two two weeks before Purim, Friday, Shabbos, and Rosh Chodesh, other Shani. So we'll point out the same question applies to Mishloach Manos. If a person will send Mishloach Manos, for whatever reason, the other person doesn't want to accept it, doesn't accept it, doesn't get the Shalach Manas. Did I fulfill the mitzvah? Is the mitzvah Mishlawach Manas, I sent the Manas? Or is the mitzvah only fulfilled when he receives the Manas? And again, you'd ask the question, can I make a bracha before, when I send the Manas, could I, when the fellow threatens to kill me, or when I bring the water to my father, can I make the bracha? Afterwards, if it doesn't really happen the way we thought it would happen, maybe I fulfill the mitzvah anyway. But that's what some people argue. Any mitzvah shatuliyah ba'achayim, you don't make a bracha. By some mitzvahs, it does seem to be that unless the action is completed, you do not fulfill the mitzvah. For example, by kiddushin. 
What would happen if a fellow would get up in, to a young lady, witnesses are present, and he said he decided that he would like to do Kiddushin. That's what he would like to do. He'd like to have this girl married him. So he's about to propose, and he brings to Adim, and he makes a bracha. He makes the bracha of Kiddushin. And then he turns to the girl and says, and she says, no, thank you. The Ramam says, this is the way we do it. Of course, the assumption today is the girl is wearing this white dress. She came to the chuppah. They paid a, a fortune of money to stand at the chuppah. So, of course, we assume the girl's going to agree. But the Ramam says, in a regular case of Kedushin, without the description of today's wedding, the Ramam says, you make a bracha before you do the Kedushin. And we've learned already that the Ravid says on the spot, how can you make the bracha before you do the, before you do the mitzvah? Maybe she won't agree. So the Ravid says you should make the bracha after you do the mitzvah. Which would, of course, raise a different question. According to the Ravid, assuming that the reason you don't make the bracha is because maybe the person will not agree. In our case, assuming the father might not want the water, and also assuming that it, by giving him the water, you do not fulfill the mitzvah unless he actually gets it, then according to Rabbi, one could ask, why don't you make the bracha afterwards? So you don't make the bracha beforehand. Of course, according to the Rambam, a birchas mitzvah can only be made before you do the mitzvah. But according to many other Rishonim, you can make the bracha after you do the mitzvah. That's what the Rabbi said. So why can't you make the bracha afterwards according to the Rabbi? There are many, many other reasons that are given why you do not make a bracha on the mitzvah of Kibbut Some say that you don't give a bracha on a mitzvah that has no specific time limit. When we think in terms of mitzvahs that we do, that we make a bracha, we know specifically when you make the bracha. The, uh, you put on tefillin, you put on tzitzis, you go to mikvah, whatever it is, we always have a specific time you do the, that, that mitzvah. And beforehand or afterhand, it's not the appropriate time for the, for the mitzvah at all to be done. A mitzvah that is a, a, is applicable 24 hours a day, anytime, anywhere, any place. Is there a mitzvah like that that you would make a bracha for? For example, the mitzvah of Emunah Bashem, the mitzvah of respecting Yitam Chacham, the mitzvah of returning an Aveda, they have no time limits. For those mitzvahs, some people say, you do not make a bracha because of that very reason. A bracha is only made on a specific time where the chiyuv exists. But when the mitzvah is a permanent mitzvah, as I said before, the two most famous answers are the, is the mitzvah if you make a bracha on such a mitzvah and perhaps this would be the second most famous reason that you don't make a bracha on a mitzvah that applies at all times various other suggestions have been made about the reason for omitting the bracha the last point that I want to raise today is a famous question of the mitzvah this mitzvah of how would we define it? Is it really a mitzvah We just said that you don't make a bracha according to some opinions because it's a mitzvah and you never make a bracha. But a mitzvah Is it really a mitzvah 
In general, mitzvah and other mechaverah means one particular person is involved. I'm mechuyev, I'm sorry, not one particular person is involved. I'm mechuyev to, to mankind in general. That's the definition of a benadam mechaverah. In this particular case, where there's only one person, namely either the father or the mother, that's involved, is that really a mitzvah benadam lechaverah? Perhaps it's benadam lemakam. And of course, everybody will think the fact of the luchneyaluchas, the two the two tablets, certainly lead us to think that there is a complicated question in this issue, because the last five commandments, the, as it were, the second half of the luchas, all are relate to mitzvahs ben adam There are laws in between man of stealing, robbing, robbing, uh, stealing, murder, adultery, etc. The first part of Aser Sadibros, the first four, certainly relate ben adam So if we would divide the luchos into two, the right-hand side would be ben adam l'makam, and the second would be ben adam But of course we have the dibur hachamishi. We have the fifth dibur, namely kibur avayim, which is somehow the one in the middle between the first four and the last five. So which one is it? The way we explain the Ramban, that means that Kibbut Avraim is compared to Kibbut Amakam, one might very well argue that this is the Dibra Hamishi on purpose because it's a mitzvah ben Adam la Makam to any appearance. Of course, your parents are the object. And it's, it's not just a mitzvah I do between, between me and, and God, but God commanded me to use my parents as the object for the mitzvah of Kibbut Avraim. And therefore, it might not really be Considered a benadam lechaveru. The Minchas Chinuch said two points that I'd like to clarify. One, how could you say that it's a mitzvah benadam lechaveru, benadam sorry benadam lemakom if the parents can be mochel? In general, and we'll learn more about it, parents can be mochel kibudavayim. A father says, I don't want you to bring me anything. I don't want you to do this for me. I'll do it myself. So then, Mechila seems to be applicable. A father can be Mochel, a mother can be Mochel, and keep it that way. So wouldn't that imply that it's Mitzvah Nadam Lechavera? But the, the answer would be simple. The Mitzvah is to honor your parents, but honoring your parents must be in accordance with what they would like. If the parents say that they don't want to be honored, then it is covered to do what they ask you to do. In this case, to refrain from, what, from giving them the covered intended. That is covered. The definition of covered is given by the parents. But nevertheless, it might be considered a mitzvah ben adam lamaka. Of course, your parents are the object. But nevertheless, it might be ben adam lamaka. There might be a nafkamina, says the Minchaschinach, if a person has transgressed. So, of course, he has to do tshuva. A person did not respect his parents properly. For sure, you have to do tshuva. Now, for Mitzvah you have to do tshuva for as any other Mitzvah 
for a mitzvah ben Adam Mechavero, you have to go to the person involved and ask Mechila. We know that a mitzvah ben Adam Mechavero, you do not attain Kapara, Tshuva is not complete until you ask them for Mechila, and you do Tshuva. For a person who did not fulfill Kibbutz properly, would he have to ask Mechila from his parents? The Minchaschino said, this is, this is the base basic point of my question. Is it a mitzvah ben Adam lamakam, and you do not have to ask your parents for mechila? Or is it a mitzvah ben Adam lechavero, and therefore you would have to ask mechila from your parents specifically? The question in the Minchas is left somewhat hanging, and I understand how one could relate to the mitzvah, kibbutz Aim somehow as a combination of both. It, it, it is Ben Adam Rachaveyo, but since Hukash Kvodam Makam, since the comparison of parents to Hakadosh Baruch Hu in the in the sense of honor and respect that one and perhaps love applies to parents as well as Hakadosh Baruch Hu, in a sense, it's also a Ben Adam Lamakam.